0: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Happy Tuesday here on ESPN 690. Or in case of one of our employees, one of our three employees here for Action Sports Jax and ESPN 369, or 690, uh, Justin Coos, also known as Coos, celebrating a birthday today. Twenty-eight, goose. Twenty-nine. Oh, I missed it by that much. Where's the party at tonight? I, I honestly don't think I'm having one. Well, I'm gonna be honest. Like, how depressing is it to have a birthday during you know quarantine times? It really isn't that bad. Cause, um, cause, I mean, you, you have to lie to us. You can tell us the no, truth. No, I know, but like, I, I'm not a big birthday guy. Okay. Like, I really don't like to celebrate, and it bothers Nicole so much that I don't. Because she likes to make it, like, a whole thing. So, I'll, like, on her birthday, I'll make it a big thing. But for me, it's, like, just, uh, you know. I'm the exact same way, man.
1: More respect
0: for Coos. <laughs> More respect for Coos, absolutely. Sorry, I'm a little late. Just you get all back good to the man?
1: Bauer outlets. <laughs> How was it?
0: <laughs> it's busy. I bet, man. I bet, man. People are going back outdoors. Yeah, your stuff. Man. Yeah, yeah. get
1: Kind of look like it, right? Hey, y'all, good man. Yeah. You're Looking good. Dressing the part today. Looking good, man. Holy cow! Do you have anything left in the tank today? Uh I lost a lot last night, but I can try. What's I was up? gonna say. Yeah. I mean, did you empty it out? Oh on, no, on man. We're all good. We're all bold good. Bold City man. Pod, there. We're all good. It, it was a. It was like an hour and thirty, but we're all good though, man. I'm ready to go again. Um. Yeah, it sounded like I was listening away. Yeah. Uh, we're not the bold take. Yeah. And you got to check out the new podcast with, yeah. with the guys from the Bold City Brigade. And uh, you were on it sharing secrets. I-, I do have a question for you about that. We'll maybe get into it. Maybe we can steal some of the audio. I only heard parts of it. I mm-hmm. uh, haven't got through it. My gosh, it's a long podcast, fellas. Ouch. I mean, how long Ouch. can you spend with Austin Lane? Ouch, Jeez. man. Ouch. Harsh criticism from Brent Marno, Podcast King, I guess. I was on the golf course this morning, and I got a text from Josh Scobie. <laughs> so Scobie says, hey, you have Austin's number. Yeah. So, <laughs> everything all right we're all good did he did he tell you what it was no, about no oh, because okay. then i listened to the podcast okay. on the way in yeah. and i'm like Oh, That's why he wanted his number. So here's the thing. and we, can get <laughs> are into we the okay? Podcast can we later. share this? We can get into the
0: podcast Do a I, little the later. Fences? I'm just going to say, Josh, Kobe brought some receipts to the table. Okay? Because <laughs> I went on the podcast, you know, and, and um, one of the things that got brought up was when, what was my first fight in the NFL? And it actually occurred, like, my third or fourth week um, with the Jaguars in a cold tub with a gentleman by the name of Walt Curry who was a defensive tackle. Now I know what you're thinking. Defensive tackles, defensive ends. You guys are supposed to be the same breed. What are you guys doing? fighting each other well i kind of break it down a little bit um in the podcast but a long story short which i think i can share this it's okay but um josh scoby ended up putting a blow-up doll in walt curry's locker now i had to use that blow-up doll for skit night let's just say okay so walt curry has the blow-up doll in his locker walt curry was not a fan of that walt curry comes to me because you know i had it from skit night he's like who put it in my locker and at that point, time I had a choice. Either I snitch on Josh Scobie, who, keep in mind, I'm a rookie and I am not much of a snitch, or I swallow my pride and I'm like, you know what? I don't know who did it and I'm not going to tell you. And that's exactly how it went down. It resulted in a fight and needless to say, Josh Scobie never said thank you until today after the podcast. Now, when I say that Josh Scobie has brought receipts to the table, Josh Scobie has the the rookie video of me with the, with the, with the doll, with the blow-up doll. <laughs> he's got and and he has got to video. You me. know, he saved
1: all these videos and over he the years. sent it to me. Remember, we had him on, or maybe you were off that day I, when yeah. we had him in, and no, no, he said yeah, he's there. got all the DVDs yeah. of all those skits. Well, here's the thing. So keep in mind,
0: so I had to shoot a video with this blow-up doll, but I never got to see the video because for the rookie night, all the rookies were in the lunchroom. So we, we can actually watch the video. So I never saw it. I never saw what my footage was used for. So, Scobie sends me the evidence of me in this video, and he's like, what do you think? Should I put it on Twitter? And I'm not gonna why. I was kind of like, I don't know, man. You know, maybe uh, some screen caps, something like that. Maybe not the whole video. So <laughs> Is it bad? We'll see. I mean... It's not not the best. you know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, Brent. It's me and a blow-up doll. How good could it be? I don't know. Are
1: you going to be suspended after this? I'm not
0: going to be suspended. Um, HR, here we go. Well, listen, Brent, let's be honest. It's 2020, okay? Uh, We should be open-minded, okay? Okay. And we should embrace all types of personalities, let's just say. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. But it's not
1: going to put me in the best of the light. Yeah, it's kind of like a yellow light right here or steal in second base. If yeah. you hesitate, don't go. Oh, I, I, hey, Stobie, I, I think we're going do to go third right now, man. I, was, I think you should go third it. or steal home. Yeah. Uh, that is funny. So yeah. I was curious, it's it kind of interesting from my perspective. I'm yeah. getting all these tweets about it, and I can only imagine I haven't listened to it. Yeah. I'll listened to the nice things you guys said. That was very nice of you. But um, I haven't got to the Eddie Bauer part, probably. <laughs> yeah. And. I so I get I got this text. I, actually, my phone was acting crazy. Anyway, I tried to text you guys today, and one of you guys' phone must be screwed up or my phone screwed up because oh, I couldn't yeah. send the text through. You know huh. the happy birthday coups I sent. Sure. It took me like an hour to send it, and then I did. You ever get an article that I I shared? It was like the most underrated player in the NFL no. on each team. So you never got it. It never, never went through. Got that. So I had to shut my phone off and I gave it back on. I had like eight texts, yeah. and one was from Scobie. <laughs> and it was like austin's phone number i was like oh, okay that's fine oh, I mean, and so i gave it to you to yeah, him, yeah and then i'm listening on the way in i'm like oh crap yeah it's going oh. be mad so is it what's he calling <laughs> about is he thanking him <laughs> i don't know. So, know where this thing ended up yeah, how was so, that conversation
0: um listen okay um <laughs> The fact that you kind of – I'm not i am not going to call you out here, but you kind of sold me down the river a little bit in terms of giving away my phone number to Scopey. Like, you didn't ask, hey,
1: what do you need it for? Oh, sure, no problem. Like, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, if I had heard the podcast first, I might nah, – I still would have given it to no, you. No, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs>
0: um, no, I think – listen, me and Scopey are great, man. It was more of just me joking like uh. – <laughs> I never expected a thank you from him, honestly. Um, you know, I had his back. And even though, like, you know, he everyone says, well, he's a kicker. He's a kicker. Well, no, he was a big part of Jacksonville, okay? And he was a big part of the team. And even me being a rookie, I understood that. So the last thing I was going to let happen to Scobie, you know, who was like the NEP was Colts killer that year, was, you know, let him get in a fight because I snitched on on him. So I wasn't going to do that. What would Walt Curry have done to Scobie? Uh. I mean, I don't know, Brent, the guy fought me in a cold tub, but the guy literally stripped down in his street clothes, hopped in the cold tub and tried to fight me. So who knows what he would have done to Josh Scobie. Yeah, I'm picturing
1: bad things with Scobie bad and Bad doll. Yeah, bad intentions. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm sure
1: there's kids right now with their parents. Hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah you'll figure
1: do. it out. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome in here on a Tuesday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martino, Austin Lane. By the way, that came from the uh, the the Bold Take uh, Bold City Brigade podcast. I don't know if that's kind of the official way to say it, but uh, you know the guys, Dilla and Cap and and company, and Austin joined them last night. So. Yeah. uh It was a good listen. Go uh, check it out. Hopefully you check out our show all the time because it's a good listen. Austin makes it that way, see? Uh, As simple as that. Uh, Only compliment of the day that you'll get. We'll see how much (laughs) he's got left in the tank here today. Uh, Some... More information on how we left the show yesterday on minorities and coaching and also in the front office. The NFL has tabled part of the discussion, but also made some movement forward. I want to see if you like it. NFL facilities can open today around the league. That does not mean they opened around the league. In fact, here in Jacksonville, I told you this morning on social media, the Jags are pushing that off a week. They're going to kind of slow play this a little bit, and I think many teams are. You still have to conform with local governments and, and what they're allowing you to do, but we're seeing more and more Open up, or at least the sense of them opening up. Still, the Jags said, you know what, we're going to take this a little easy. We'll open up next week. And, again, no coaches, no players as of yet. They don't want teams to have a competitive advantage over others who can't do that. What does it mean? Uh, We're going to go through it a little bit, Mm -hmm. and it can get – there's a lot of minutia in there. So it won't go crazy. I don't think that will make good radio. But I wanted to get your thoughts. I had some people that were interested in just what they did in terms of putting their little committee together – Uh, Not hiring anyone, I think, from the outside, as it looks like. Did did you think about it that way? Um, How will the Jags react to this? Is the NFL doing enough, at -hmm. least here in the early stages? Uh, Or is this a little window dressing instead? You know, I think some of the critics could say that. There's always going to be critics here with the pandemic. So we'll talk about the uh, NFL for sure we're gonna take a break because on the other side there's a chance we get uh, a jacks player on uh here on action sports jacks on espn 69 i won't tease it too much just in case we don't but i know there's a little bit of a chance so uh, we'll begin the show on the other side either way uh with or without a guest i think can what you Jason tell me what is during the break i'll tell you during the break All right, yeah. cool can't wait <laughs> that way you can do three minutes of homework. Yeah, exactly can't how's wait. that sound sounds like a plan you have plenty of homework we've talked about the guy enough uh, mm. And uh, I think it'll be some pretty good insight about something the Jaguars have been missing, a position they've been missing and you've been asking for. Okay. So uh hopefully, hopefully we'll have a guest uh coming up here in a little bit. But a lot to get to here on a Tuesday edition of Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. You know, there is a strange tie to the show. From your blow-up doll story <laughs> to blow-up dolls in the stands. <laughs> What a segue. <laughs> I mean we didn't get to that part yesterday. No, we didn't, we didn't. And I did not like. I we needed like a new segment. I teased it but we trashed it. I think we'll call it. Like yesterday I didn't get to that we part. Did. And yeah. also something about old coaches in the NFL that I will hit on uh, uh today and in college football for that matter. It's all coming up next on ESPN six night. Not gonna
0: shave or cut my hair until I can throw a football again.
1: Like throw it. Like to a toddler or throw nope.
0: it? Nope, like throw it.
2: To one of my teammates, like, a legit NFL pass. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in high.
1: kind of liked it. It was pretty well done. Ben yeah. Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Roethlisberger saying part of the deal with that big, bushy beard was until I can throw. Yeah. And he was out there throwing with receivers yeah. and uh, was able to make the passes, so he shaved that thing off. Let's be honest. Maybe go back to it, right? We kind of made fun of it a little bit, but now babyface Ben? Ugh. It doesn't match, like, a couple of chins and belly and... <laughs> You said it, not me. But yeah, I'm thinking it. Everyone's thinking it, but Brent said it, not me. I mean, he's like he borders on chubby quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he, it's a fine line, but he's definitely uh, teeter tottering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not many guys do that at this level. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would be? I mean, call the call late him. obviously the late Jared Lorenzen had a, a lot of struggles. With White, and he actually was yep. with the Giants uh, for a bit, I think, just the Giants. So, but uh, I'm not making light of that situation. Mm-hmm. He's since passed, um, and that was a serious issue. But seriously, like who? JaMarcus so like, Russell. Oh, JaMarcus Russell. Good point. Yeah, yeah, he got really out of shape, mm-hmm. um, and obviously one of the biggest busts yeah. of all time. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, speaking of Pittsburgh, did did like Bubby Brister have a little bit of that kind of short? Chubby nature to him. Like yeah, again, I it's a relative. All right. I mean, they're still a, a professional athlete. Yeah. But we're used to seeing professional athletes like super fit. Yeah. Like Ben is not that. No. You know, Ben has been a big guy, yep. but he's also been at the time to- times like borderline chubby guy. Yeah. Well, and like, I- he looked with a beard like he was about to enter like a world strongman contest, not well, throw a football.
0: Well, I'm gonna say this though, like from a game planning perspective, to game plan for Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, in terms of like pass rushing, you have to make sure you bring that guy down, because I mean he may not, I mean yeah, he's he's a taller guy and he weighs a lot, but he may not look like it. But from an athletic standpoint, I think he's a little deceiving, right? He's kind of got that Russell Wilson syndrome a little bit, where it's like, all right, this guy's not going to do anything, and all of a sudden he escapes from a puck and throws it down the field to Smith Schuster for you know thirty yards. Like he, he'll surprise you, so you have to mind your p's and q's of Ben Roethlisberger.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, listen. He plays with the weight mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Uh, again, you just look sometimes. Like, if you don't look at the rest of them, you're like, "Wow, this guy's an NFL quarterback." Like, yeah. really? It does not look the part. But he's a big dude, and you're right. Uh, he, he, everybody will always say tough to bring down. And really, it's it's probably hurt him in his career that that. Uh kind of the notion that he's so hard to bring down and that he kind of keeps plays alive mm-hmm. well that's when he makes mistakes he fumbles a lot or he makes mistakes in, when he's really trying to keep a play alive because it's not like he's super mobile guy yeah. he's um, he's almost he's tough to bring down he can be a little elusive but he also can be kind of uh very insecure with the football Mm -hmm. when in those moments i mean that's what you almost want him to do you want him to start holding on to that football and i think that's why the jags by the way in those couple of years with this elite defense and pass rushers had a field day against him had a lot of success against him he's the guy they could play against that mobile quarterback tough because they over pursue and therefore if you miss That guy can break away. Mm -hmm. So it's the Jags have had a heck of a time with quarterbacks that can move, that can show mobility. And now the NFL is full of quarterbacks that have mobility. You give them a guy like Ben Roethlisberger and they can feast. A guy like Flacco in London. They can feast on that, especially that elite defense of seventeen. Yeah, yeah, and getting back to the beard, man, like I wanted
0: to just taper it a little bit. You know, what I mean I, I get it, it's a fresh start and everything. You're trying to set the trend, but I agree with you, Brett. I think um, you know, the the face structure it's just it's not very suitable just to be clean shaven
1: like that. But to each their own. <laughs> apparently Tony just sent me this I didn't realize Governor was not happy of Pennsylvania that Big Ben went for a haircut. Really? Oh, because, yeah, the pandemic. Now, did he say where he went? Like, was it? No idea. I guess it What They showed some video of him getting the beard trimmed. Yeah. So not supposed to in Pennsylvania. I guess I did, so. I don't know what the rules are right now in Pennsylvania, yeah. but they're not as far along. And uh, interesting. I they didn't mean, even think about it in that nature. I mean, did you see the beard, though?
0: Like, it was kind of essential at the end of the day. Like, what he, he just trim it, though. Don't shave the whole thing. I got to be honest with
1: you. Like, we can get a haircut now, right? I mean, I, I don't know, Brent. But who, you're allowed who, to who get a haircut. Me. Okay. I'm not say, getting a haircut yet. You didn't have a haircut yesterday? Like, you got a new fresh cut? No. Did some gel or something then. I was going to compliment you on it. I just forgot to do it. No, I'm, like, getting wavy here. This is the longest I've ever gone, I think, in my life. Definitely my adult life. But yeah. I think in my life without okay. getting a haircut. Probably the same. I'm going on three months. Yeah. But now it's almost like a badge of honor. I don't care if you like it or not. Yeah. I'm kind of liking it. Like, I'm di- I'm not liking it. Like Kaylee will actually say, Dad, you're going on TV like that. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll actually say that to me. I, and I say, Yes, I am. I'm doing it. That's I don't why care. I've been
0: wearing hats for the past month and a half. I can't do anything with my hair, and it just goes straight down. So it's starting to get a little.
1: I'm rough. a once every two week haircut guy. Like, really? if it starts getting a little bit long on the sides, I'm like, I gotta get a haircut. It yeah. drives me nuts. Well, we didn't have a choice. And now I'm just like now I kind of want to see how long I can go. <laughs> well, here's what I'm trying to here's what I'm proposing here to you. you. You've seen
0: a star is born, haven't seen it. I've seen Bradley Cooper though. Okay, Br- Br- Bradley Cooper heartthrob reaches the the hearts of millions men and women. i just where you're going like, with this. I say. Did you mention this on the on the podcast? I did not like, mention this on should've. the podcast. I should have, man. How about we grow it to Bradley
1: Cooper-like levels and get a little beard going, okay? <laughs> yeah. and what about the beard, though. I've tried the... I'm okay with the beard. The beard does drive me nuts. That Look, stage I'm, I'm, where I'm, you I'm get... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, six push, days in. You got to push man. through that. You got to power through it. Yeah. I've, I've done it a little bit uh, on, like, vacations and yeah. stuff. And even now, like... Because a lot of times I haven't been going on TV Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. Um, and so I'll let it go out through, like, Sunday afternoon or something. And... I finally reached that age, I guess, where it grows a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 43? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, if you want to be in a higher tax bracket then listen to
0: me, grow that hair out and get a beard. If not, if you're happy with where you're at, then so be it, yeah. man. I'm uh, trying to help you out.
1: There you go. Uh, there you go. My hygiene of uh, utmost importance here on the <laughs> Tuesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. All right, let's talk seriously. The NFL... Uh, is we, we pick up where we left off that we we're having a good yeah. conversation and then the buzzer went off on us yesterday about minorities in coaching uh, and uh, the front office. Mm-hmm. Well, the NFL says, hey, we're going to table that whole draft pick idea. Probably a good move, right? Correct. I, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I yeah. think they do this on purpose. They throw stuff out there, let it leak out, see a little bit of the reaction. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe that's not a good idea.
0: But, like, wh- what is it with... Not only NFL teams, but also the league in general, where they throw out information thinking it's going to be received with well wishes, and it's the exact opposite. Like, if you're the NFL, someone's got to tell you, hey, I probably wouldn't do this because it's not going to look very good. Like, don't you have to pull somebody. like To, to, to release that information, to say, you know what, if you hire a black coach or my, a minority coach, you get draft incentives. To release that out to the world, and for nobody in that league office to say anything like, maybe we shouldn't do that. I mean, maybe it's time to hire somebody else then you know yeah. to keep them in check because you had to figure that was going to be met with um some optimism to say the least
1: yeah well yeah i, I would say the opposition was strong on that mm-hmm. right away, but i I still don't think it's a bad idea by the n f l to gauge some reaction. I also don't think they're making the letting the public make all these decisions, but it sounds like the owners heard it. They weren't tone deaf to it. And yeah. they said, you know what, let's table this thing. Uh, so here's what else on the table. For the first time, uh, according to Tom Pelissero, and, and this is a really league-wide, uh, I've seen similar tweets and, and statements out there. The NFL clubs will host a coaching fellowship program geared towards minor- minority candidates. Full-time positions for one to two years, providing NFL legends, minority and female participants with hands-on training, another opportunity created. This is a, a very interesting concept because it's something I might talk about a little bit. It down the road when we get to why facilities were open and who they're appointing to these certain committees, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, with the COVID-19, but this is another body in the building of the NFL. These staffs are absolutely massive. Why not add one or more, one or two more positions? I think this is a good idea because we talked about something on the show and off the show yesterday, how once you're in the NFL circle, mm-hmm in the coaching world, you're kind of in it. Like, I'm not saying it's hard to get out of it because there's only so many jobs. And if you fail, you still got to know somebody. And there's been plenty of people that kind of been like, I'm still waiting for that next opportunity. But once you're in it, you can stay in it for a long time. There's a little bit of who, you know, as you said yesterday on the show and you make your way around and then eventually up. If you get on with somebody who has some success, uh, this is at least putting people in a position to get in the game. And so if you're in the game and you have more, more minorities in the game, mm-hmm. well, they have more of a chance to grow and climb the ladder. Yeah. So this makes sense to me to at least get more minorities on staffs and therefore find the shining stars and make your way up that ladder. And listen, I would think almost every coach, almost, has started at some time or another as a quality controls coach or an assistant coach of some kind. Mm-hmm. These are the the positions we're talking about, and therefore more minorities have those uh, posts. Well, maybe the GMs, the coaches, the owners see some star potential in some of those folks, and they rise to the ranks of head coach. You know, when we talk about this new thing being implemented, I'm also a fan of it. Okay, and I'm a
0: fan of it because it allows more coaches to get their foot through the door. We always talk about, you know, the coaching carousel, which is head coaches, the coaching carousel that can be defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. But in terms of position coaches, that's not a big carousel. Once you're kind of tied to a guy, you know, whether it's a coordinator or head coach, wherever he goes, you go as well. So it's hard to break through in terms of being that position coach. Because like you said, a lot of guys can start as quality control, and that's one thing. But a lot of guys get their start as well as with position coaches, okay? And when you have 85, 90-year-old guys still being position coaches who are just, you know, contempt to be that position it's hard to break through, okay? Um, so I think this does provide more opportunities. This does provide more guys to get their name out there, to get the philosophies out, out there and try to, you know, change things around a little bit. But it's hard because the way the NFL thinks and the way leagues think, it's still the same. And I was pretty critical about this yesterday. In terms of position coaches, You know, you would think you want, like, the younger guys who can relate to the players, right, because it trickles down. You start with the owner, then you go, you know, to the GM, GM to coaches, coaches to coordinators, coordinators to position coaches, okay? But it's crazy how, you know, the the shortest chain from a head coach to a player is the position coach. But the position coaches are all dated, man. They're all old. They're all they're super old school, and some, I'll be honest, they just make a habit of yelling at you, okay? And they don't really teach you anything. And that's just the way it is. The only reason why they're still in the league is because they have tenure. They don't really relate to the players. It's just you have to deal with them. So you have to ask yourself if your team is. How does how do these old position coaches and I'm not saying there's they're all bad ones because there are some great position coaches out there who are on the older side, but I'm just saying the majority of them who are of the older age, you have to ask yourself how is this guy helping us win games right now? You know because he is outdated, he can't relate to the players, and I had to deal with that firsthand on a couple of teams. So. With anything like you just said, I think the fact that it brings more guys to the door, it's going to change things, and I like that.
1: Well, you know, you bring it. It's a really interesting point you, you bring up. How some of the older coaches, if you will, you know, can they relate? I don't even think you have to be that old anymore to almost find yourself not relating to today's player. Mm-hmm. We have seen a massive change in players in the last, let's call it ten years, maybe it's a dozen, maybe it's fifteen, but you get the point. Like there is a massive change in. You could ask high school coaches, you can have youth coaches, college coaches, NFL coaches, professional coaches, and they would say the change. Now, some things are good. Some things are not so good. It just depends your viewpoint. I'm not here to judge that side of it. The bottom line is they're different. And so you will find a 55-year-old coach in the NFL saying, oh, my gosh, it's so hard to relate to these guys these days. You know, I just don't get it. This is not where I uh, – this is not how I was brought into it. You know, it's, it's hard to relate. Well, Times that by a hundred if you're a 65 year old coach or a 70 year old coach and Mm -hmm. you're still doing it. But we've also seen it work. You know, a guy that jumps out of me and has really helped shape a a couple of careers like Alan Hearns and and, uh, Alan Robinson. Yeah. And their success is Jerry Sullivan. Absolutely. I mean, Jerry Sullivan is an older guy in his seventies and he was. Fantastic in terms of being relative mm-hmm. uh, to the to the younger players, so it can work too. to oh, you. I, I
0: would make a point for. Um, I don't think he's really coaching right now, but Wade Phillips. I think Wade Phillips, defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. Um, I think he was in Denver Good a little call. bit as well. I mean, th- that guy is as old school as it gets in terms of the coaching tree. What his dad was able to do, but Wade Phillips is one of the most respected coordinators of all
1: time. The players love playing from just because he can relate to his guys. And it's more important, right, as a an assistant coach. To be able to relate mm-hmm. And it is the head coach Absolutely Because that's the relatable guy The assistant The head coach You don't know I'm not saying you never deal with, but you don't yeah. have to relate as much. You're both in college and the NFL, I feel is that in all sports, not just football.
0: And it's just it's super ironic, right? Because we always talk about well, the head coach has to relate to the players. We want to go in a younger direction of head coach. You know, let's get these old guys out of here. But you never hear the complaints for the position coaches. At the end of the day, a defensive end is going to spend more time with his defensive end coach or his defensive line coach than he is, you know, obviously with a coordinator or even a head coach. So it is kind of interesting how the league dynamic is set up now.
1: One more thing to mention, and uh, we're gonna have a guest on just. A moment, uh, Jim Trotter also says NFL owners have voted to approve the resolution that would prevent teams from blocking assistant coaches from interviewing for coordinator positions. That also applies to assistant general managers, so personnel people. Mm-hmm. So that if you had a good coach, minority or not, you could block them from interviewing elsewhere so you could keep them in your stable. Yeah. Well, that stunts their growth personally even if it helps your organization i understand why they wanted to do that but this will open the door up now for all coaches uh not just minority coaches but Mm -hmm. all coaches so i think some important steps and good steps in the nfl today when it comes to minorities in the front office and also on coaching staffs and eventually becoming head coaches as we continue that conversation from yesterday we're going to continue and start a conversation right now about a guy that if you go all the way back to the combine we wanted to see in Jacksonville, Yeah, and I'll be honest, you really wanted to see in Jacksonville. You said it made a ton of sense. It made a ton of sense. The Jags said, you know what, it does make a ton of sense. Let's bring him in here. We welcome in Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 right now. Jaguars running back Chris Thompson from right down the road, of course, former Florida State Seminole, and played for Jay Gruden with the Washington Redskins. He's now a Jacksonville Jaguar. Chris, what's happening, man? How y'all doing? We're doing fantastic, and I knew you just jumped on. Uh, you're on with Brent Martineau, and former Jags player, and and now he beats people up for a living. Uh, he's an MMA fighter, Austin Lane. Uh, so we, we appreciate you taking some time. I know you just met with the media here in Jacksonville. Uh, how excited are you to be reunited with Jay, and also uh, not be far from home?
2: Oh uh, man, I'm, I'm I'm super excited about all, all of that, and um, especially being being close to home, being able to. Um, you know, see my family a little more and, uh, make up for some lost time since I've been in Virginia the last, last seven years. And, um, also just able to, uh, happy to be able to come in and help, help this team as much as I possibly can.
0: Chris, when you talk about Jay Gruden, you know, I mean, when I came mm-hmm. from a locker room, you know, we lost a couple of coaches that I really respected a lot, you know, and I almost felt like it was my fault because we didn't win a lot of games for him. So that coach got fired. It really affected me in a deep way. When you talk about Jay Gruden, obviously he exited early while you were still in Washington. What was it like to lose him as a head coach? And then obviously, the, I guess the joy that it brings you now to have him as offensive coordinator here in Jacksonville.
2: Um, well, um, Jay means a lot to me he um you know when he first got here got to uh washington um it was my second year in the league and i ended up like getting co- cut and put on practice squad that year but um one thing that stuck out to me with him was the conversation we had um after i was after i got cut and um you know he wanted me to come back here be on be on practice squad and uh you know he told me eventually he was gonna move me up and you know, I was going to be one of his guys and part of a uh, a bigger plan in Washington, and um, and uh, he he kept his word on that. So he's a guy that you know I have all my trust in, and uh, you know I'll I'll do anything I possibly can for Jake, um, whatever he needs, and um, just a just a fun guy to be around as well, and um, somebody I know all the players uh, once they get to know uh Jay and, and meet him in person. They're going to really be excited to be around him and, and, and play for a guy like him
1: chris thompson with us
2: here in action sports
1: jacks on espn 690 jaguars running back you know you said that about fun and and a guy that kind of has a little bit of electricity to him i've been excited and i don't know jay gruden i've been excited about kind of the marriage if you will between him and gardner Minshew. and i know you don't know Minshew too Mm -hmm. well but you've heard obviously the mania last year and i'm sure you've had some conversations now should i be excited about that relationship because i kind of feel like i should be
2: yeah i i really think you should be and um you know I'm I'm excited to see it as well but I'm super excited to play with Minshew cuz uh just just from what I saw uh saw from him this past this past season gets me super excited and um he seems like a guy that's just fearless and um that's the kind of guy that you want to you want to be around type of guy that you um that you build around as well uh so I'm excited about that and you know I think him and him and Jay that relationship that they're gonna have is I think is gonna be unmatched
0: Chris what makes Jay Gruen such a, a great offensive player call caller number one and number two what are the odds that we might see a screen pass go to a running back
2: this year because <laughs> we haven't seen a screen pass in Jacksonville now for probably
0: the past decade since I played
2: oh trust me you're gonna see a lot of those we got him Brent let's go we're back baby <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest things man he um he he's going to get his playmakers the ball he's going to find he's going to find a way to make that happen um and he's going to put his playmakers in a lot of different spots um I've I, and I know that cuz I've I've been in it with him and um you know he's going to whatever he has he's going he's going to make do um I mean there were some times where we had a couple injured running backs and you know he had to change uh, from one week having those two running backs to the next week having to run some five a lot of five wide sets more than more than he's ever done when he was in Washington. So, um, you know he's he's gonna adjust to to what he has and he's gonna put guys in in um, the right positions and trust me there's gonna be screen plays called all over the place. So that's something. Uh, <laughs> You haven't seen. You about to see it a whole lot now, and I think. Um, I, well, I know for sure Leonard is. He'll he he's going to enjoy that part of the offense for sure.
1: Chris Thompson with us, Jaguars running back, new Jaguars running back, and I almost feel like Chris. We should call you receiver. <laughs> you're one of those unique guys. Uh, it, do you look at yourself as a running back or receiver? Because you actually have more yards receiving. You have touchdowns receiving. You're a threat out of the backfield in the receiving game, and I'm not taking anything away from your running skills, but it's a unique stat line when you look at your career and how you've been used, and we, you probably get the sense we're a bit excited about a guy with your skill set around here because we haven't seen it for a few years. Leonard Fournette Mm -hmm. is a talented back, and and he can pound the rock, and I think the Jaguars expect big things out of him, but there's a dynamic in that backfield that's been missing a bit, And, and you might be that missing piece. Do you mind being and call the receiver. Do you like running back? Where do you fit in terms of your title? Athlete, Brent. Athlete. Good call
2: Honestly, it. yeah. Honestly, that's one thing I, uh, I I joke about a lot. I just say just put A T H behind my name. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna do a lot of different things, but um, I'm I'm cool with having that label. Honestly, um, I know, like I, I run the ball more than I mean, I catch catch passes and run routes more than I do um, being a running back. But it was something that um you know i i really tried to prepare myself over my career mentally to um you know be be that type of guy and that was something that uh my running back coach in college uh instilled in me and just was uh going to make sure i was a good uh pass catcher so it's been something i've been focusing on for a long time and um you know given that i'm a smaller running back as well i got to be able to do some different things because it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen a whole lot where you see a 190 pound running back, um, you know, being the bell cow on the team, and um, you know, strictly being a runner. So um, I'm cool with it. That's that's perfectly fine by me. But um, you know, so I just want to be one of the, you know, be be great at it. And um, you know, I haven't really paid much attention as far as you know what's been happening in the past game in Jacksonville too much, so um, if I'm able to bring that and, and add to it and bring something different to the offense, I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah, I tell you, I mean, seriously, I think we are excited about it. It's just a different dynamic. You add a LaVisca Chenault and what he might bring. Those are you guys are yeah. a couple of different guys that we haven't seen. And Minshew. I mean you a playmaker and he's kind of a fun guy to watch. You know, we need a little fun in the offense in Jacksonville. I think Jay Gruden brings that. I think guys like you bring that. Um and and I'm not just blowing smoke. I mean, I think that's the idea of of uh additions like you guys. Uh you know, we we really did think this was a no-brainer. Uh, did was this happening all along? I I know the COVID nineteen stuff has prevented physicals and some of the medicals what uh, what took it so long for you to become a jaguar was was it a formality because we've been talking about it since the combine <laughs> that we thought it was going to happen
2: um you know honestly um I knew it was going to happen um the thing is like Jay wasn't going to let me go anywhere else um it's almost like letting him his his son get away from him kind of <laughs> um so <laughs> No nah, he wasn't gonna let me get anywhere else, but um it was just like for me it was just a it was a slow process um given um the situation right now, and um you know i've ha I've had some injuries, so there's always that question of if I'm healthy or not, I think if everything was 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 normal and guys were able to um you know go and get physicals when they could and uh you know go visit go take visits. Uh, with these teams and, and things like that, I think it would have happened a little earlier, but because of my situation, that's pretty much why it took so long.
0: Chris, I want to ask you quick about two of your, you know, f- former teammates here in Washington. The first guy, Adrian Peterson. You know, obviously, he's going to probably yeah. be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you guys shared that room together. What did you learn from him? Um, not only on the field, but obviously off the field as well.
2: Um, just just really the biggest thing with him was just how to be a pro, how to handle yourself every single day. Um whether, you know, in good good or good or bad situations. Um, you know, just just the approach that he had about, you know, every every single day, every single game, whether, you know, win or lose, um, you know, his his message was always the same. Mm-hmm. Um and that's something that you in my opinion, from what I've seen in the past, that's something that you hear from from coaches is, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, a lot of these coaches believe in that, you know, the message never changes. And that's, that was something that um, was different seeing, you know, seeing from a, a, a player, especially seeing from a guy that I was in the room with. Every single day, his approach was always the same, and uh, you know he handled his business. He took care of his body well too, and for him being being an older guy, um, it helped it helped put some things in perspective for me as well. And just being able to watch him and you know things he does, or the way he eats, and um, you know what he what he does throughout a day to prepare himself um, for game day, and that, those are types of things that. You know, I could, I could learn about him, learn from him.
0: Chris, real quick before we, uh, let you go here. Um another one of your former teammates, uh, oh, actually a teammate of mine too in Kansas City, Alex Smith. You know, we've all seen the story of Alex yeah. Smith. We we've watched the E sixty, you know, it was, it was super graphic. I mean a really harrowing story about him coming back and trying to play again. But you lived it, man. You 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 shared a locker room with him. Um he was your teammate. What was that like to watch him go through what he went through? Can you kinda of take us back to that day a little bit when he got hurt and kind of what followed after it? Uh
2: oh, man, that was a uh that was a that was a sad day, and um, you know, for me, um, I, I missed. I actually missed that game, and I think it was uh, the first game that I had missed that year. I had an injury against the Giants, I believe, the week before, maybe two weeks before, and um, just to see how everything unfolded, man, it 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 hurt. And then, um, you know, as uh, a few of the players, uh, once he went through. Um, his surgeries and everything, we were able to, we all went to the hospital to go see him and sit with him, talk with him and to see, you know, everything that was going on with his leg and, you know, the machines and stuff that was hooked to him and him telling us, you know, um, at one point he could have died and having a bad infection and all of that, man, it's, um, it was a blessing to see him through that process and then to, now um my last I think my last day in the building was uh, like early March and he was in the weight room working out walking around like it was no problem, going out um, throwing the ball and stuff like that, being able to do his drop backs and um, it's it's amazing to see his progress, but I was just telling somebody um, right after that documentary went down that. I'm glad everybody else is seeing this because it puts things in perspective. It um, on you know what we as players go through and what we try to fight through, and um, you know I'm glad that people can just see see that and see how bad it is. Because I've been around the whole time and I I've seen what he's what he's been through and how that leg looked um, you know in the beginning to now and. Um, just amazing, just amazing to see, and you know, um, I hope he, I hope he can come back and and be able to play again. And he's a he's a trooper be, to be fighting through
1: that. Yeah, it's unbelievable the respect uh, that he's gained. Uh, probably already had it anyway, especially amongst his yeah. peers like you. But to everybody yep. else, after seeing that and what the video, the latest video that they showed was tremendous. Uh, the, the progress he's been able to make. Chris Thompson, new Jags running back. Hey, by the way, congratulations, a new daughter a few months ago. How's being yep. a dad?
2: Oh, it's great, man. Um, other than losing the sleep, it's great. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, it's I, I can't explain the feeling. It's it's a feeling that um, I'm glad I'm finally able to uh, experience and just to wake up to seeing her smiling and on one, on a hundred at six o'clock in the morning. Um, it's it's a great thing.
1: Yeah, it's only going to get better you. from here and uh good to have yeah. you in town i know the florida state fans are happy about it and thanks for taking a few minutes man uh, i know you've been doing the media tour for the last hour or so but uh we look forward to seeing you out on the field
2: i uh, appreciate it man thank you all
1: right that's chris thompson uh, jags running back and receiver yeah exactly <laughs> athlete, Brent, athlete, A-T-H, man, athlete Athlete. that's jags athlete. right uh florida state seven all from madison county just down the road he's a uh, Welcome home here in Jacksonville. Excited about it with Jay Gruden. Pretty cool to hear him talk about Jay Gruden's relationship. Kind of father-son-like relationship, he Mm -hmm. said. And uh, get you a little excited about what they might do. At least the screenplay. Screen passes, man. (laughs) They're coming back. Like it's the early 90s again, bro. Good to celebrate. Good to have Chris Thompson on the show. Thanks for jumping in. And uh, when we come back, we talk more football, of course. A little bit later on, we hope to catch up with Jason Fitz from ESPN as well. It's on the way on ESPN 690.
2: I was surprised, but, um, you know, I get it. You know, I see what the diversity committee is trying to do to create change, and I commend them all for that. I think uh, it's just an attempt. But if we haven't found a solution, then maybe we don't fully and truly understand the problem.
1: That's Hugh Jackson, of course, former coach and uh, minority coach in the NFL. I was thinking about it today, you know, because we were talking about minority coaches Obviously, not a lot front office uh, minorities. Uh, Greer down in Miami is is one now. Um, there have been a lot of coaches. You know, it's funny. It's like that's. I guess I don't think of it as much, and and shame on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, shame on everybody not thinking about. it. Like the NFL really needs to think about. It. Businesses need to think about whether it's their percentages or numbers or whatever metric you want to use um, that it stands out. There's a problem again. Whether it's we're talking about women, minorities, whatever. Uh, But I think about Hugh Jacksons, the Marvin Lewises of the world. Is it just some organizations that are like, yeah, uh, no problem. I mean, we like Marvin Lewis. He's a great man, and we think he's a great coach, and he's going to be our coach for a long time. And was Cincinnati and their ownership and everybody just more in tune with it? Mm -hmm. Did did it factor in? Did it matter if he was white, black, green, whatever? I mean, I it just it makes you wonder. And then you have uh, who was it in Arizona right before Kingsbury? Lasted only a year. Oh, it wasn't um, Bowles? Was it? No, Bowles was. Uh, no, wasn't Bowles. Todd Bowles. But whoever, why can't I think of his name? I'm looking it up again. Sorry.
0: Um, yeah, it's gonna you're gonna drive me crazy here. Uh, it was only had
1: a job for a year. Which I thought was... Steve, Steve Wilks? Or was it Wilkes. after... Okay, Steve Wilks. See, and I thought that was a bad look in all of this. Yeah, because he ended up going 3-13. Yeah, because very few coaches... There some coaches... Listen, Mike Malarkey, one year in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, But I thought that was a bad look. Steve Wilks, uh, minority is, coach. He's now the defensive coordinator in Cleveland, by and, the way. And, and by the way, also, that was a bad set of just an optics mm-hmm. for the NFL when in this kind of conversation. Because then they go hire a guy who had a losing record in college, yeah. who had never been an NFL coach, but, and also I would say, I'm a fan of new blood. They were bringing new blood into the NFL in that sense. Yes, happened to be a white coach, mm-hmm. but that's what they need more of in the NFL, new blood, not white coaches, but bring somebody, give them a chance. Uh, the problem is with Wilkes, they didn't really give much of a chance, you know, so that whole thing, uh, that optics of that didn't look good. You're, you're firing... A, a minority coach who's mm-hmm. there for just a year, mm-hmm. and you're already in rough shape as an organization. It's not like they set them up like this great great True, opportunity.
0: But listen, then you say that, though, then I bring up... M- mike malarkey and i'm not putting the race card in this one at all because mike malarkey had a year didn't have much to work with and he was canned as well you know so it happens from both sides i just think we talk about coaches like anthony lynn now we you talk about coaches like mike tomlin was it about their color more than about what they brought to the table i don't think so because i think two guys um that i just mentioned they're great at building the culture right like mike tomlin has been praised over and over again for being a players coach number one but also you know Maintaining the greatness, which is the you know the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then with Lynn right now. Um with the chargers you know i mean obviously he had a rough year last year but he has kind of turned that thing around a little bit too as well where you know they're one of the best defenses now in the nfl um a lot of talent around them and a pretty well coached team so i think those guys got brought in more for that culture change than it was more about well he you know that this guy's minority so let's make ourselves look good
1: hey the latest on nfl facilities the jags say hey we're not going to open today we can but we're not we're going to open in a week What does it mean? How are they going to do it? And how close are we to getting coaches and players back in facilities? And it kind of feels like normal, at least from
2: an NFL standpoint. It's on the way in the 4 o'clock hour on ESPN 690.